This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up, guys? So we are collectively Chrome Unboxed, and uh, in this podcast, we kind of break down some of the news that we've covered and some of the devices we're tracking. Um, and, and so one of the things we covered this week that I wanted to start with is the Pixel 3a, and it's possible effect that it could have on Chromebooks. And and I would say that we've been talking about this. I mean, we have been talking about it, but really Robbie has been kind of, you know, I, I don't know what what's the right word. You, you've been contemplating. Uh, maybe. Obsessing about yeah, it. Obs- yeah. I was trying to think of a, a nicer way of saying you it. But said yes, it. Oh, Robbie yeah. has been obsessing. <laughs> this is what he does, and yeah, that's well, why we love him. So. Yeah, just with whatever it is. Like last week, it seemed like gaming on a Chromebook. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was the obsession. cloud gaming specifically was right. what I was trying to go after and couldn't couldn't nail that thing down. Um, <laughs> and just like that, he moved on. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, once eventually I beat it till it's dead and then move on. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it takes me a little while. And right. uh, in, in that same vein, I still technically have the three A. Uh, I might actually hold on to it. I'm, he, I'm he thinking about let go of it. Like waiting for a special event. My my daughter doesn't turn nine until uh, October, uh, but she's taken a love for photography and. Um, you know, the, the 3A takes just as good a pix- pictures as the Pixel 3, 3XL, right. which is to say, uh, you know, for most people, the best camera you can get in a smartphone still. Uh, and so I want to keep it around. I want to keep it for her. Um, and it, it just brings up the point of the phone in general. It, it takes great photos. It's a great experience. Using it, it was awesome. I mean, I... I carried it as my only phone for what about a week yeah something like that and i the way that i am with stuff i mean i i have um basically kept the same chromebook for a while because you know i've been on a pixel book for quite some time because you know I, I i get the pixel book out i use it then i go test a device and because it's not the pixel book and i just don't feel comfortable using it i just run back to the pixel book right, you know and so right. I, I i attempt to to go out and, and change things and you know i went and i bought a oneplus 7 pro uh and returned it in a day you know right. and I, I do that not because i just want to buy and return stuff i do it because i'm i'm super impulsive and i'm really picky and right. so that makes so you like for, trying things, but then but you, you, you get them and you're, you're, you you critique them so much that right. right. It, it, there's certain things that nag me so much I can't I can't stand it. That was not the case with the three A. 
Um, right. And as a Pixel 3 XL owner, so their their most expensive flagship owner, to buy a $480 phone, I had the 3A XL specifically, to have that device in my pocket right. and it not bother me. I, like It wasn't even that it didn't bother me. I absolutely forgot that that was what I had in my pocket most times. Well, well and they're almost the same size, right? Yeah, did, almost did, did exactly Did we try to put the identical. case on, or did yeah, someone it, else say that it, the case it, almost fits? It fits. I put my 3XL case on it. It basically fits. I think the 3AXL is uh, like... A millimeter taller, maybe oh, okay. it's the same width, uh, so the buttons same and thickness. Stuff so the buttons weren't, weren't yeah. quite right, yeah. and so I accidentally it jumped into like the bootloader or something. Right. One time it rebooted because it, it, it was holding down volume down right. and stuff. But uh, the point being, like being able to carry that phone around, I even carried it without a case for a handful of days. So I didn't have one, uh, which Robbie never does. Yeah, but it didn't bother me as much because, and, and I don't want to come off saying that four hundred eighty dollars is nothing, just cheap. It's not right. throwaway. It's right. not that. But, but it's but it, but it's half the price. Yeah, when you get down into that level, in my head, I, I feel a little bit more risky with a phone. I'm just like, well, you know, if I dropped it, it's not the worst. It's not. I'm not throwing a thousand dollars away, and maybe that's just the market has skewed me. But I don't feel as bad about it, you know. Um, and I don't feel and and I don't know. I just I didn't notice a difference. Right. And I, we could talk about specs. You know, it's got a lesser processor. Um, but it's got the same amount of RAM and it's got a great screen. Did you notice apps loading a little slower? I didn't notice that. I okay. saw that in reviews. Yeah. Side so by side, looking. you can see it. But yeah, yeah. Right. And so I was looking it, for it. I was actually like, uh, you know, to, see if this yeah. will bother me. Again, I, it it was the weirdest thing. Again, with me being the type of person that tends to, ooh, well, let me try it. And I try it and I go, oh, it's not as good as you know, the thing I had in my head. So I'm going to take it back. I was not, I didn't feel urged to take this phone back at all. And even when I got to the point where I was like, oh, cool, we shot the video we wanted to shoot. We covered what we wanted to cover. I made some excuses. I talked to my wife and was like, hey, let's keep this and let's do this with my daughter. So that, because I I didn't want to take it back. You were rationalizing. Yeah, there's part of me once I want to put my SIM card back in it and use it. And for me, like I said this in the video, it's a lateral move financially. So with what I owe left on the Pixel 3 XL, I could sell it, and by the time I moved all the money around, it, it would yeah. be zero dollar, like you know, right. it was a zero sum kind of thing. And so, there's no point in me doing it, like moving right. to it. So I did go back to my three XL, um, but I don't know. There's some sort of charm with that phone uh, that it, it just delivers the Pixel experience. Right. At, at the end of the day, it just the Pixel experience is right. what comes along with right. the 480 or 400 if you go with the smaller one. Right. Price tag and. That's that's accomplishing something really really unique in yeah, the space. Yeah, and, and so how how could that how could that inform maybe some of the other decisions that Google makes, you know, with with Chromebooks or with or any of their other hardware, you know, and um, I, I think specifically with the Chromebook, they have these they've always made high end devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, yeah, if you go back to uh, the earliest Google uh, Chromebook was the Chromebook Pixel. That's where the whole Pixel namesake even came from. The Chromebook Pixel, and then they You're had welcome. one in 2015. <laughs> um, and then they had they had the Pixel C, which wasn't a Chrome device, right. but I think at Should one point it was going to be a Chrome device. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of expensive as well for what it was for a tablet. Um, and then obviously the Pixel Book, the Pixel Slate, all of which are high-end devices. And mm-hmm. we've had some comments on the video already where people are like, well, there's a $599 Slate. Well, 
pay attention to the fact that it's not available and hasn't been available for months. Right. Because I think they stopped making it because mm-hmm. it was such a, uh, a poorly thought out design by Google. Uh, trying to get into that kind of oh here's a here's a lower end version. Well, all they did is they kept all the hardware and they just put a crappy processor. Right. That, the processor they put in there had no business trying to push what basically amounts to a 4K screen in the slate. Right. No business at all, and it couldn't even come close to keeping up. They can improve all the software they want. That chip is not meant to be paired with that many pixels. No, and on it's the apples and oranges right. when you compare that device to the Pixel 3a because right, the yeah, Pixel right. 3a does everything really well inside its budget but it does some things really really well that phones in that range won't do exactly the celeron slate wasn't doing anything well sure sure no so that's 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 just a yeah, yeah and so like uh, but i think speaking to this this idea of google kind of using what i believe is going to be a huge win with the 3a um obviously we won't have sales numbers for a while and that's if google chooses to disclose those i mm-hmm. think they will they did disclose the fact that now that they're under alphabet or whatever however mm-hmm. they're structured now i think they have to have calls and they have to disclose those things so that's when it came out that the three and three xl have not sold well at all right. like very poor sales well, and it's so just, it's it's not in all carriers and right yeah, and so whatever. now you've got the 3a basically in all carriers except at&t it's much cheaper they're advertising the heck out of it and it's getting reviewed really well that's the other thing like the 3 and 3xl came out and again price plays into all of this anytime you have something that's expensive the expectation is so much higher. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. We do the Value same thing with Chromebooks. Yeah, every I mean, time. always. And so th- there's no way around that. And so at 400 to $480, this phone all of a sudden becomes a just an insane value and so i think people are going to like it i think it's going to sell like crazy and i'm hoping that that informs google's decisions moving forward on what they choose to make when it comes to chromebooks so go ahead and make a top of the line go ahead and make a pixelbook 2 great and sell it for a thousand dollars fantastic right i still think the hardware on the pixelbook is is unmatched um, and Joe's been using the Pixelbook a little yeah. bit more now, and probably can attest so, to that after using it. It's like they're so a, great. They destroyed it when it came to like industrial design on that thing. You know, make the bezel smaller, and that, that's the only complaint I have about the Pixelbook. Well, maybe make the speakers a little better, but yeah, th- these that. are small things in in the realm of of building a laptop. So go ahead and make that. Go for it. Have it there. But figure out, in the same way that you did with the 3A, figure out a way to make one that is maybe with some little bit lesser build quality or lesser materials maybe. Heck, I mean, make it out of really good plastic. Good plastic right. isn't the worst thing in the world when no, it comes to life. If it's good quality plastic, it's fine. You know, but build it out of some of those materials. Cut the right corners because you did so in the 3A. You obviously looked and went, huh, which things can we take out yeah. and still not destroy the user experience? Do that right. with the take Chromebook. Take that formula. Right. Yeah. Th- think about it in that way and bring out a, a made-by-Google, you know, somebody put a comment on there. Maybe this will be how they'll, they'll a Pixelbook A. I hope not. Uh. Like that would be weird. <laughs> don't do that. No, no offense to that commenter at all. I just, I don't. That's it. Already is weird with Pixel A and Pixel Three A, but you whatever. Mean the Pixel Three A XL. Yeah, the Three Axel. I like the Three Axel. Um, that's what I'm calling. That's, it. that's what Joe always calls it. And I'm telling you, I tripped all over that and trying to make the video. Um, but take that formula, apply it to Chromebooks, and imagine like a, a Pixel Book or you know even a Pixel Slate. Like think if they would have taken the Slate and instead of just madly cheaping out on the processor if they would have said oh well we could build the slate also with a plastic back chassis right. mm-hmm. we could also instead of putting a 3000 by 2000 pixel display which granted looks great uh, a 
of quad HD or even a little bit less on that size of a screen. I mean, when you get down to twelve point three inches, it would, it it could would just still be look, a full it, HD plus. It would still so, look right. really crisp. Yeah, yeah. So you know, regular HD is nineteen twenty by ten eighty. If you need that three by two aspect ratio, it takes to twelve eighty, I believe is the the so nineteen twenty yep. by yep. twelve eighty. I think is the right. There are those panels that exist already, and they, that people make good ones. You know, so put a great nineteen twenty by twelve eighty panel. You still get three by two. It still looks good. Right. Keep those good speakers. You know, keep the fingerprint sensor. Put a plastic back on it, and then put in a, a processor that's worth selling. Like you maybe don't even have to go to the M three. Maybe it's you know down the road once Qualcomm's in the game and you know, Snapdragon eight forty five or uh, even some of the new Gemini like processors from Intel. The 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 middle lane uh, processors. The they're the better ones than the Apollo Lake kind of thing that they tried to put in mm-hmm. uh, the the slate. And so like you could put that kind of stuff together and make a five hundred dollar tablet that would be really compelling and it could be built well and and the attention to detail would be on Google's level and create something I think that the mass audiences would be interested in buying because up until now with with Chromebooks made by Google they are not mass appeal devices and I think if they take the same approach they might be able to change that and that would be a huge win uh, for our segment for for Chrome OS and Chromebooks just in general uh, for them to just be that torchbearer to, right. to keep pushing forward because I don't I also don't want to demean the the four hundred six hundred dollar price segment in the Chromebooks that we have to choose from in that price segment right now like I don't want to act like there's nothing to choose from right, like all terrible because right. there's some great Chromebooks great great Chromebooks uh, that that we have around and that we're using on a regular basis but they're just not made by Google and I, right. there's something about what they do and what they put together uh, that. I would love to see their attention to detail in this price range. Yeah, I, I I had a thought about this, you know. So so we've always said that you know Google, especially in their Chromebook division, they they build that top of the line device so that they can show other manufacturers, hey, look, here's here's this thing that we've made that's top of the line. This is what you can kind of aim for, right? And they've, I mean, if you if you ixnay the, the Nexus devices, the Pixel phones have kind of been like that too. They've right. kind of been that top of the line. So then they come out with this 3A and they just kind of, they kind of flip the script a little bit, right? right. So so there's that they've proven that, yeah, they can make it a little bit cheaper and it still just has that googliness to it, right? So, right. so hey, we understand that, you know, the Pixel Book is that top of the line, the, the torchbearer for Chromebooks so that you all can, can show other manufacturers what, you know, you want Chromebooks to look like and how they should perform and, and what sort of build materials they should be using. But, but, but you could maybe make this slightly cheaper mid-range, right? I think that was kind of... Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody expects Google to come in with a $200 Chromebook. Yeah, yeah, it's not cheap. It's mid-range, but it just has that Googliness to it, right? So, um, I wish there was a better way for us to put our thumb on what that means. Right, because you think, like, the .2 Chromebook you unboxed a while back, for example, you take a device like that that's, I mean, it's cheap. It's $250 at any given point in time. Let Google run with something like that and and put the, the, the nicer details, like the keyboard a little better display and like you said the qualcomm processor in a device like that just bring some of those those made by google details to a device like that you're easily at a 400 450 device that's got the google branding on it and it's a good chromebook yeah i mean and mm. again like it's it's so hard to nail down like what makes google's and somebody yeah. somebody commented in in youtube you know just like hey, this this idea doesn't make any sense because what makes pixels phones so good and and great is the software 
well, the software is always the same on on Chromebooks. And that's a fair argument. That's, that's true. Um, yeah. That that is part of it. That is not the whole thing, though. But, it, but it's, um, yeah, it's hardware too. Yeah, because like the OnePlus Six T is darn near stock. I mean, it's mm-hmm. um, it's it's so close that I, it doesn't bother me whatsoever that that, that, that the OnePlus Seven Pro, sorry, is what I meant to say earlier, uh, and Six T as well. Like they 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 use pretty close to stock Android, and yet there's something. For me, as a Pixel user, there's just yeah. something that that didn't bridge the gap for Couldn't me. Couldn't even and, keep it for 24 hours. It was <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. And, and, and it's usually the same thing on Chromebooks. Um, you know, I've, I've been using the Asus C434 a lot uh, of late, and I love it. I love that device. But whatever that thing is, that thing we can't quite nail down, that thing we can't mm-hmm. put our thumb at, whatever that thing is... It still doesn't have what it, it doesn't yeah. have the thing that the Pixelbook does. If it were <laughs> it white and had a G on the back of it, it would be it perfect. Would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think and there's a little, little bit more than that, but yeah. it's, it's little attention to yeah. small mm-hmm. details. I think right. is where it comes down, Absolutely. and that's you know Google has a lot of money. They've got great design folks, and so you know you set a design budget. You decide how much money you're going to expend on a team that's going to sit and, and put together and manufacture and engineer a device, and clearly people with more companies with more money are going to end up usually engineering something better. They have more skilled people. They have better, you know, people. There's just coming more up with resources. Ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just It's just the way everything works. It's why a, a car company that just starts has issues making cars on the level of a car company right. that's been around for 20 years. It's not so much that the materials are that different. It's not so much that the ideas around making the car are that different. But the, the experience and the team that actually sits down and physically puts... Because you just got to remember, it's always people behind this. Right. They're just a team of people thinking through, like, well, what if we did that? Oh, huh. Well, how could we do and this? if we made well, that choice, how would we, that affect yeah, this? Yeah, if we cut that cost, this, yeah. that, I can't imagine mm-hmm. it's going to do this. And so whoever's team is more skilled, who, right. who's uh, more seasoned, you know, they're going to make a better product at the same price point. Right. Um, and so I, I think Google's uniquely positioned to do that. Yeah, so so take take the formula and, and run with it yeah, for just, a Chromebook, uh, just please. Apply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, this is this is something exciting, and and obviously uh, Robbie's been obsessing over it, and uh, <laughs> we've been. Uh, if you can't if you can't tell by by, by the way he's talking about this, uh, it, this is just something really cool. We 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 like doing this stuff, so uh, hope hopefully you guys enjoy us uh, talking about this a little bit. Yeah, speculation. Speculation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, let's switch gears here, guys. Let's talk about, um, premier rush showing up on Android in coming soon to Chromebooks. We just yeah. said we, all, all we can say is coming soon right now. Right. Yeah. Very soon. Actually. Very soon. Um, so I went caps. back, um, I was, I was aggravated, honestly, at, at Adobe's, uh, uh, press event. They did a virtual press event, which I love those. Um, I, I think it's awesome to have press events where you don't have to get on a plane and go run a hotel room right. to go see things. Don't get me wrong. I like going and getting hands on stuff. That's right. really cool. But it's nice for things, some things to just be able to hop in a chat. But they were using Adobe Connect, I think, which looks like it came from 1982. <laughs> Yikes. It was so rough. And I'm just like, why are we doing this? There's so many better tools. Uh, but I had to kind of eat crow on that a little bit because when they sent us over the press kit for the actual release... They had a file in there that I was able to click and watch back the entire thing. Again, the same thing, and it, and it was in Adobe Connect, and it, so it had the chat down the side because they allowed, they took questions. Mm. And so I scrolled right to where I asked the question about Chromebooks, and I could I could actually look back at his reply word for word. So 
Okay, Adobe Connect isn't the worst. It's close. It's <laughs> I like take it back. I'm sorry. Second to last. Yeah. <laughs> it's Y in the alphabet. You know, it's not Z. But uh, what I did when I went back and looked and saw, like specifically, where me and a couple other people were asking about Chromebook support, and he specifically said um, it is high priority. First, came back and said the next the next phrase was it will be uh, coming for Chromebooks very and not my caps, his caps very soon. So. Right. Hopefully that means like in a month or two. Uh, that's that's just a guess though at this point. Right. So we've been we've been testing this around the office. I have it set up on my Mac. We have it set up on an iPad Mini. We have it on our phones, and yep. we have verified that the interface and the tools and the UI is exactly the same, pretty much. I mean, you're you're, you're getting the same thing throughout those platforms. So. You know, fingers crossed that this this Chromebook version, the Chrome OS version, is going to be just as full featured. I mean, it, this is going to be a tool. Um, you know, they're calling it a mobile video editor. Um, I think it's a little more than that. Personally, I think it's going to be a tool that even professional video editors could use. Um, you know, for for maybe some smaller projects. Um, you know, I've been testing it out and and really excited to try it on a Chromebook. I want to I want to throw that on the slate. And, and see what we can do. And, and when, when that happens, you know, we'll, we'll do an, an entire video edited on that that oh, we'll yeah. put on our YouTube 100%. channel for sure. So, um, and maybe multiple, I mean, yeah, depending I mean, on how the workflow yeah. goes and um, the features they add and all that kind of stuff. And um, the, the cool part about, you know, you mentioning that it's on, like we have it in front of us on multiple platforms and can kind of verify that the UI does change, obviously, from tablet well the tablet and the the mac didn't look that different right yeah no not not, not really not no. really i mean you're gonna get keyboard shortcuts and stuff like that and adobe uh, importantly has been like super supportive of google's you know efforts in the chrome os space and so uh, i think when the pixel book was announced mm. like adobe was right there yes. like they were already right there like yeah we want to we want our apps and it's you know it's been slow and kind of like this development process and honestly i don't use adobe apps that much anyway so it's not like i'm constantly in there seeing like oh they finally fixed this or they right. finally fixed that uh but you know i've i've used uh, some of the photoshop pieces and stuff mm -hmm. that they have on android and uh joe's used lightroom yeah. um on a pretty regular basis yeah, and so, so we talked to the product manager and he he said that they had been working hand in hand with adobe since well before the pixelbook launch because they like you said they want to be right there right for it and yeah. and because of that like proper keyboard and mouse support you know we talk about that and, and they mentioned it io a lot right. you know developers guys you know put make sure you're passing this stuff through so that keyboard and mouse support works the way it's supposed to adobe's been doing that and so because of that because that's the case it feels very, very uh, possible that the experience you get with Adobe Rush on a Mac or a Windows PC right now is probably similar to what we're going to see on a Chromebook. I can't promise that. We can't promise that. There's no way we can promise that. But looking at what it looks like on the iPad Mini right. and what it looks like on the Mac, it's like, well, these are pretty close from a layout perspective. All it really needs to change is, you know, mouse input needs to work the way that it would on Windows. Well, right. there's no reason to believe that they're not already doing that or haven't already done that. So you put those two together and this becomes an insanely full featured uh, video editing application for Chromebooks. And, and it feels like it, it finally kind of closes a door on one of those like pillar well man i my, can't switch to a chromebook because yeah. right. that thing yeah every time know. this conversation comes up that ends up being one one of only few 
key things of saying, well, I can't do that. I mean, you've got Linux now and you'll, you'll be able to get stuff like Flowblade and things like that eventually, but it's still, it's not native to the Chrome OS system. Really? Uh, this could bridge the gap for a lot of people. I mean, there's always going to be those people that absolutely have to have final cut and stuff like that, but this could be a big deal for a lot of creators. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they get the, you know, I mean, the keyboard keyboard shortcuts when video editing. For those of you that that haven't done any video editing, haven't used a Premiere Pro or Final Cut, your keyboard shortcuts are how you get work done, right? I mean, I I my I am on the keyboard the entire time I, I'm editing, right? I'm I'm going back and using my my trackpad to move around things, but I mean, a lot of the work is done with right. those keyboard shortcuts. So if they can have this Android app you know, running on Chrome OS that has all of that. And then you've got, you know, you, you know, you've got your, your pointer, like you said, working. I just think this could, this could, this could really change the game. Um, you know, uh, breezing right through 4k clips, even on my phone, um, exporting at 4k, um, the ability to do just little social stuff, you know, they, they've, they've even added, you know, the little project templates that are square mm-hmm. or the, um, portrait mode that you could use for like Instagram stories and stuff. And that's kind of where they've geared a lot of this. A lot of their ads so far have been like, you know, create and share on the go, you know, when you're yeah, making absolutely. stuff for, you know, your business and you're wanting to create a little, you know, Facebook or Instagram story type thing. Um, but I think, you know, I, I I want to I want to get it in house and I want to try to edit a full video on it and see maybe where you know there's already a couple little things that I've noticed that it yeah man dang it it's not really doing that one thing or you know right. whatever um, but I really do think that that this could be something that that you could create really compelling content with um, right, yeah. and, and making professional videos with it I mean this isn't right. just some little clip editor thing where you can oh add this cool little thing and you can do this I mean some of the transitions that they've added in there are just insane and being able to, to, to transform those and, and tweak them and change the colors and do all this. And I mean, you, you can, it, I mean, it's obviously not at, like after effects, but you're getting a lot of features in this thing. Well, I think that's, that's they're pulling in after effects. Yeah. Correct? Like, yeah. Like, and I think they're going to continue pulling in more so that if you're, I think you have to be an Adobe subscriber, you know, you have right, to, right. To, to get all that stuff, but you would basically have, all sorts of after effects at your disposal. Um, I know one thing you said that was a bit of a limitation right now is the specific cut transitions, right? Like there, yeah. there weren't a ton of those. And all they have is a cross dissolve, a dip to black and a dip to white. And, and yeah. so explain a little bit about the difference in what you see there and like say on final cut. And I, and I want to make the disclaimer that if, if you're someone who is going to be making films or you're someone who is making video professionally, Adobe Rush probably isn't the answer for you. This right. this is for like YouTubers, people doing social media, simple video, yeah, that business kind of owners stuff. who are just creating content for themselves. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of thing. Like filmmakers aren't going to be using yeah. Adobe Rush; you're, they you're would not, switch to Premiere. Yeah. But you can pull stuff from Rush into Premiere. So right. it's kind of like the equivalent of iMovie into to Final Cut. Final right. Cut. So iMovie is like, hey, you can get eighty percent of most things done. If you really need to go next level, drag this thing in here. Now you get your pro level tools for the majority of people. This is going to be plenty, but there, there's still some basics I think that are missing. It seems like, yeah, already that we you know, found some like, of the, eh. some of the transitions, some of the audio tools, um, that, that, you know, w- when we create video content, you know, adding certain effects onto your audio and really getting in and, and opening up equalizers and adjusting audio doesn't appear to have a lot of those right now. I haven't had a ton of time really digging into it, uh, but 
looks like some of those things are missing. And yeah, some of those transitions, you know, we, we keep our videos pretty simple, uh, but doing some, you know, swipes and some different diagonal transitions and, you know, little glitch effects transitions and whatnot. Those are, those are really what make, you know, videos professional looking. So you're not, you're not getting all of that. So like you said, this, this may not be for the person who is creating video for a living, you know, who is, right. is, is in the video industry. This may not be the answer, but if you've got a Chromebook that you have, it, it may not be your main editing station, but you've got a Chromebook and you're, you know, say for us, when we're going to conferences or we're going out to CES, could, could I maybe just edit everything on a pixel, exactly. pixel yeah. book the entire time we're out there? Like and, and that would be awesome. Go. And, right. and yeah, and I, think, I think that's Adobe's whole point in all of this is to create something like that to where it's, it's, this is on the go. This is the 80% and mm -hmm. you bump it over to premiere the full version of premiere on, you know, a windows or a Mac, right. If you have to, right. Uh, but if, if you don't have to, here's this mobile version that, and it, we're saying mobile and Chromebooks in general kind of skirt that line yeah, of being mobile ish yeah. devices. They're, they're real kind of in a, in a, their own space a little bit, but they fall into that category right. too. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think they've just done something super compelling here and, this is to me this is on the same line as if they finally came out with uh an android and ios version of photoshop that did 80 percent of what photoshop does or they came out with uh, adobe illustrator that did 80 to 90 percent of that in a in an app form uh, because they don't have those yet they've got like adobe illustrator sketch and photoshop mix and yeah you know lightroom's really lightroom is pretty great there's a lot of people i don't i don't think graphic editors in general should be using photoshop for graphic editing they should be using right uh, uh illustrator for that because it's vector but there's a lot of people that build graphics in photoshop like the versions of photoshop that are on in apps right now don't do that right um and there's really no uh, illustrator like, like i said there's sketch and like illustrator draw i yeah. don't even know what the heck like there's so many random apps yeah. i just don't really get it but you know there are clear signs that vector editing in the cloud is legit and a real thing mm -hmm. i mean that's what i use on a daily basis right. for my other job it's what i use to build graphics and things for chrome and box gravit designer uh corel just bought them six months ago yeah. something like that uh and it's it's not just like, oh, this is kind of a neat toy, a neat trick we can use. Like it, it is everyday, like pro level right. stuff. It, it's it's fantastic. Right. All runs in the browser. Um, so maybe that's where Adobe's kind of pointing yeah. for these type of devices for Chromebooks and stuff. Is that you know for those types of things like video editing? I don't, I don't know that. I don't. Maybe they will. Heck, who knows? Uh, we're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff on the web. But maybe at one point, some point down the road, we'll be able to see something like an Adobe Rush web version, uh, which would be uh, amazing. Sure, sure. Uh, there, there are web-based video editors. It's just not something we've seen a whole lot of development on yet. But um, I could see Adobe wanting, because of all their cloud focus, wanting to move everything to a web-based version if they could. And obviously, that just benefits the heck out of Chromebooks and Chrome right. OS eventually. Well, you, eventually. You get We've we've upgraded the internet here at the Chrome Unbox headquarters to some some gigabit fiber goodness. Oh yeah. So it's like if you've got if you've got that sort of connection, video editing in the cloud becomes oh, yeah. a, a very real yeah, possibility. That's one of the hangups. You got to upload the right. stuff to whatever and, server that that editor's on. And you're kind of going back and forth. So anywho, yeah, I think this is this is really exciting. This is super exciting for me as a video editor. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really, really excited for this to come out on Chromebooks. I cannot wait. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think the biggest part of all of this is that it bridges a gap that it's, it's one of those adoption hurdles that a lot of people can't get over because people will fancy themselves as a video creator, even if 
they're really just making stuff for like Instagram or whatever. Right. But there's just not a good, and I don't, I don't want to knock Keena Master. Uh, it's yeah, it's a very good program, and it actually does some stuff that Rush doesn't. Um, but for Chromebook users, Keena Master isn't the greatest. Like they've introduced some keyboard shortcuts, but the overall UI still feels like you're a big phone. phone. Yeah. Like you're if, on a phone. If they ch- if they would do something where when you're big screen tablet or Chromebook on Android. It gave you something to look because, like, you look at Adobe Rush and it looks like it looks like a video editor. It looks yeah, like what I it's mean, supposed yeah. to look you like. Can, like. You like, can change some of your channels and, and expand them, and it straight up looks almost right. like the and, new version of Premiere Pro. And I know it's not all about how it looks, but that means that the function is being is been thought about right. on a larger screen. That they're thinking more of, okay, we don't want to lay it out this way for a phone, and then this way for the same way for you know a bigger screen. It's this way for a phone so that it's easy to swipe and move around to stuff, but we're nixing that UI for a better UI on a bigger screen. And like mm. if KineMaster would do that, I mean, if they would actually say, okay, yeah, on big, big screens, Chromebooks and stuff like that, here's the UI for this. And it looked like a video editor and all your tools were where they should be instead of like behind weird presses like they're on a right, phone. Right. I would completely change my tune on it for Chromebooks. Like mobily on a phone, it's fantastic. Great. It, yeah. it really is. And it's more powerful than Rush is right now. Uh, it's got more stuff you can do in it. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic, but I wouldn't want to edit videos all the time on right. it on a desktop. Yeah. So right now, nobody's really in this space except yep. them, and and their Adobe's come in to hopefully fix this one real big lack uh, in Chromebooks. Yeah, guys. So uh, lots of lots of good info there. But we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be uh, right back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord. N-O-R-D. Okay, folks, welcome back. Uh, we are going to dig right in to Droplet. So Droplet is back. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, if you haven't been reading Chrome Unboxed for a while, um, we kind of have a long history with Droplet. Um, when, gosh, what was it, a year ago? Something it's like been that. more than a year, I think. It's um, been a while. It was like a, it was a reader comment, wasn't it? And somebody, we we did an article on something about a Windows or a remote desktop or something. I don't even remember what it was. There was a might comment. have been it might have been something with containers when that when that first yeah came maybe it's, yeah Linux yeah, containers yeah. were first so, coming. Yeah. Somebody was like, hey, have you seen this thing from this droplet computing? Yeah. We're like, eh, now we'll click on it and see what it is. So we go and we see it and. There wasn't anything working at the time. There was a website. No, they had a countdown timer. Yeah, that's right. That's really right. big picture of a goldfish. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Real high res <laughs> photo there. Uh, yeah, but it was uh, it's it, it was a type of container technology that they were they were delivering Windows apps on across to any device. That, yeah, that was really all there was to it. There wasn't really much to go on. Right. But uh, yeah, and it, it, then Robbie turned around and we just, wrote an article and blew people, them up. People freaked they out about broke it. Their website. Yeah, <laughs> so they reached out the next day and said, "Hey, you you literally crashed our servers by sending so much traffic. We weren't we weren't really ready for that." And so I don't they, know. They I'm were not, still kind of undercover at that yeah, point. Yeah, they hadn't they, said there were no announcements. Yeah. Uh, they they were kind of a 
conglomerate of developers that had come from different different mm-hmm. backgrounds. Uh, some of them were uh, containers and Kubernetes. Kubernetes, can we pronounce it right? Kubernetes. Is it Kubernetes? Kubernetes. Kubernetes. Yeah, Kubernetes. Yeah, Kubernetes. Uh, yeah but they they weren't really on the map anywhere. They they hadn't planned on announcing anything, and we we kind of changed that. But then <laughs> yeah. then Chrome unboxed yeah, but found they were you. public. So <laughs> they were so nice about it, though. They like they are super guys. They really are. They yeah. were totally and then cool they about it. They reached out. We got on the phone with them and had a few calls. Um, and even as they talked about it then, um, it, I was still just a little confused because there wasn't a hard working thing. Like we never right. got a product, you know, in order to test. So right. it was like, well, it's a container. You put whatever you want in the container. So if you want to put Linux in the container, you can run Linux apps. And I'm just like, this just doesn't seem, I, I don't get it. And so people are commenting, oh, this is vaporware. This will never come to market. And we're talking with these guys. These are real people developing a real thing. You know, and I'm like, no, it's real. I swear to God, it's we real. Promise. And then they just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Uh, fell off the map. And, and that was right around the time Google showed up and started talking about Linux in a container. Mm-hmm. And and campfire stuff started coming. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah. All these things started happening. We just wondered, well, heck, maybe... Uh, you know, maybe Droplet like sold some proprietary stuff to Google to help them with their containers. Yeah, because I mean, kind of the direction they were going, it felt a lot like uh, Crostini, but but they were they were clear with us that they're, they're not doing the exact same thing that like VMware. It's not a, it's not uh, just a virtual machine that you're spinning up. It's containers. You're running bare metal on a lot of things and still trying to wrap our heads around exactly how that worked. But uh, I guess they had to shift gears when some things changed, but they, they have been actively, uh, developing and they actually are, they have a product that's out there for enterprise already. So, yeah. so Gabe wrote an article last week, um, that we talked about, about the end of campfire. Mm-hmm. So campfire going away. Uh, for those of you not tracking along with that, that's just windows dual booting on a Chromebook. It, it was in development. It was clearly going to be a thing and they've clearly gotten rid of it. So, um, as soon as we publish that, I think the next day is when mm-hmm. somebody from Droplet reached out. And so some new contacts. They've got some new blood there. Uh, we got on the got onto a chat for an hour with their CTO, and we were talking through, like, the return of Droplet. Mm-hmm. So he, he walked us through some working things. Like, yeah, actually, right. we could see their product working. Like Gabe said, they have stuff out there right now. People are using their product and deploying. And the idea of running legacy applications in a modern operating system is still what they're doing. So right. at, at that level, it's the exact same thing as what we were talking about a year ago. However, they've actually delivered it this time. It's a thing. Uh, and there are, there are companies using it right now. So their, their primary use case at this point now is you're running a business, say uh, healthcare is like this. Manufacturing companies are like this. So they've got um, something running on their local servers. It's, it was built for XP. It never got updated. You know, the, the company that, that, built the, the firmware for all these machines it went out of business or something, but they have all this stuff deployed and all this money sunk into it. And they've got software that works perfectly fine. Well, Microsoft comes along and says, look, XP is like a dinosaur. We're, we're not going to support it anymore. No more updates. So now you're like, well, crap, well, malware and all this stuff. And we're worried about all this stuff. We need to be able to run a legacy piece of software on a modern OS. So this software won't run on windows 10 properly. How can we continue running it on Windows 7 or Windows XP and update all of our servers and everything to Windows 10 so that we're secure? And that's where Droplet kind of comes in and says, here's our container. 
drop. You, don't, you need Windows 7? Cool. Put Windows 7 in the container. And they only put the framework pieces that right. you need. They don't put the entire operating system. It's in that container. You load in apps. I mean, he showed us. Like, you, you launch this droplet container that, like, he had, I think, a Windows 7 one. Yeah. You, you launch the Windows 7 droplet container. You go to your file browser. He just grabbed a .exe file from the internet, double-click, just like you would on Windows, installed. And for right now, the way it looks is, you know, they've got, if you open up the Droplet app, you know, you get these tiles. It's their tiled mm-hmm. interface. And so everything you have installed is right there. You click it, it opens up. You can go full screen with it. But it actually has the ability to pull those applications out one by one and put desktop icons. And when you click those, it actually just opens up its own window by itself. So not theoretically, in practice right now, like there might be, you know, we'll call the program XYZ and it controls um, an EKG thing. I don't, I'm making stuff up. Um, and so the hospital's like, yeah, we, we got to upgrade to Windows 10 so we don't get hacked all the time, even though you still will because Windows 10. But um, that's specific. It happened here recently. <laughs> right. <I'm just> saying. <laughs> it did. It happened locally. Um, but, you know, we want to try to be as secure as possible. Right. And we, we've upgraded. Now it's borked the, this thing that we had running on Windows 7 for this thing. And we've got to have this machine running. Droplet comes in, goes, cool. Put our, put our container in. You drop your application in. You tell it you want it to put an icon on your desktop, and now on the desktop, they still double-click the icon. It still opens up in a window. Now, the inside of the window, you know what Windows 7 looked like, like the, the pieces up there, right. like it's going to look like that right, right, right. because it's it's technically running on Windows 7 on Windows 10. And he kept referring to like, well, I know this isn't as impressive because it's Windows running in Windows, you know, so he's like, but they have a Chrome OS version already Right, and, and, and we and, saw the file system and everything for Chrome OS. I yeah. mean, it's there. And, he's, and he said one thing that kind of was the aha moment for me, the way this works, uh, the way Android on Chrome OS works, you don't have Android OS on your Chromebook. You have Arc Runtime, which is the runtime dependencies needed to run Android APKs. So you have full-blown APKs on your device, and the Arc Runtime has the framework, the bits and pieces it needs to fire those apps. This is the same thing. That container holds the necessary items from Windows. It's not a full-blown version of Windows. That's why it's not virtualization. It's not a server running Windows. It's It's, it's the runtime bits that that, that are needed to run whatever application it is. So... It, it, it's 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 different and it's it's very interesting for sure in the demo he was showing us i mean it, i don't even know if it was a demo it's probably an in-house thing they use to show you know people in a presentation it was 100 percent working it's not like oh well kind of had some wonky th- no i mean 100 percent right. works yeah i mean and, the and, dashboard looks good and it's he's there. showing us like how it's going to work like a for chrome os uh, at the outset it would just be the tile interface. So you would have a droplet icon, you know, the, in your applications or in your tray. Right. You would launch that and you'll see their tiled interfaces. So whatever you want to drag into that container, that if it runs on Windows 7, if that's the one you're doing, go for it. Like, and it was so funny. I was like, okay, so you're telling me that this thing's going to, this is going to run basically on bare metal. So anything I want to install, like if I want to go get, go find Doom 2. And I get the executable file, and it works on Windows 7, and I'll go drop it into the droplet container and put it in the file and double-click it. It's going to install and run, and without a beat, like without Not a hesitation, even a breath. he's just waiting for me to stop talking. He just said, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, like, there, there wasn't any concern whatsoever about, like, well, okay, 
most things. That thing, no. Yeah, he, probably, he even said that they, they were competing at one point to see who could run the oldest, <laughs> the piece, oldest of piece of software, software. on awesome. Droplet. Because so. uh, it does, like, they have containers for Linux. They have containers mm. for, like, uh, what did he say? OS 2? OS 2. Is, is that the old Apple? Maybe. Is that what we're yeah. now, like the old school Mac Ooh, Macintoshes? I think I OS 2 is, like, old school. They have a bunch of old OSs. Windows, obviously, would be the main use case here. Right. And we're talking about industrial enterprise type stuff getting people the software they need on the platform they have. Right. And, and that's their whole thing. And there's no reason it, just to specify, this will technically be running uh, in a Linux container. Right. So a, a little deeper, right. Inception happening here. So you're <laughs> going to be running a, container an, a Linux a container. <laughs> application in a container on Chrome OS that is also going to be creating a new container that will be running the Windows applications. Right. For, for those and, of for those of you just listening, uh, I wish you could have seen some of the hand gestures Robbie was I making to, to, to that's try funny. to like, explain this. My wife was watching my <laughs> unboxing video yesterday, and she said, "You and Robbie are both really handsy." I was like, I'm <laughs> yeah, not sure how to take that, hands. but I get that. Oh, so yeah. a lot with my I didn't hands. know I was so <laughs> handsy. So. Yeah. But, um, but but yeah, it's uh, and, and I know a lot of people are going to look at this and say, "Oh, well, it's just like some of these other companies, VMware or whatever." Uh, I actually had talked with another company, Cameo, this week. And it is, but it's not. Uh, this is specifically targeted at legacy applications. Yeah. So yeah. if you're running Windows 10 at your enterprise and you have Windows 10 apps, th yeah. there's no need for it. Right. It's this pointless. is for that app that won't run on your infrastructure. It's a way for you to run it. Yep. So it, it's, it, it is different. This yeah, is, this is going to be a big, big stopgap for a lot of companies. Yeah. And, it, and if they pull it off, if they make it work right on Chromebooks and they're waiting clearly, uh, he said that this was as much the case, but I guarantee that it's exactly what they're waiting on. They're waiting for the proper GPU support to finally right. be released yep. for yep. Linux, uh, since it's going to be running technically in Linux uh, for for Chrome OS. They're waiting for that, and then mic support, obviously, right. is going to be important. So once GPU and mic support show up on Chromebooks, like in stable, guarantee you Droplet will be out the door with this right. product. Right, and, and that was another thing. And he showed us the the installation uh, process. It's a, it's a Debian download. Oh, yeah. just it like, looks so exactly It's a like one-click install. You wow. download yep. the Debian package, you click it, and boom, Droplet's then, running. Beyond that, he, he told me... Uh, it's going to be a little bit of time, uh, and I, I told him, I, like, I didn't want to put them on the hook for anything at all. So we're, we'll probably see the beta of this come out for Chromebooks pretty soon, so which leads me to believe that GPU support and stuff is slated, because, I mean, they're obviously yeah, talking it's, with it's Google. Yeah, it's in 76 yeah, now. So so, it'll, yeah. it'll be worked out in the next six weeks or so. Uh, but once that stuff's out and this shows up, yeah, you're going to get the tile interface first. So it's this is definitely a, hey, I need that application. I can run it in this. But he said they're they're already working on how they will pass all the icons for everything you install. Eventually, you open Droplet and you use that interface to install stuff. But eventually, it will create a desktop icon. So if I open Droplet and I install Microsoft Word 2010, when I close, I can close Droplet all out in my tray in my Chrome OS mm -hmm. tray will be a shortcut right. to. Microsoft Word, and I'll double click it, and it will open up a window that runs Microsoft Word natively. This isn't a VM; you're not running on a server somewhere locally stored. And then, even cooler than that is all of this. Everything you do in this container is saved as a single image file, and that image file can then be shared anywhere. So, if you save, took and save that image file to Google Drive, for right. instance, I could go to an, any other computer—a Mac, a Windows, any computer—pull that file down, install Droplet. And then tell Droplet, hey, 
this is my image. Go there to pull your image. And everything I did in that container, all now on this machine. Right. And so, I mean, you've got a completely Sounds a lot portable. like Chrome OS, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's incredible because it, it literally, and he said there is a, there's a admin console coming. Mm-hmm. So as, a, as an administrator for your, for your business or your whatever it is, you can push apps to your entire organization yeah yeah and your droplet i'm out my chromebook dies i don't have a charger i jump over just like we do now with chrome os i jump over and i pull that image from wherever we have it saved and i'm even i'm even talk through like for chromebooks especially since we're so cloud-based the ability to go into the droplet file system and tell that file this file needs to be copied or moved or like include this file in my google drive so you could, could you could, so you can mount Google Drive into the Droplet instance and say, "Hey, back that file right. up, that so folder where that file's at." Drive, yeah. So it's always in your drive. So then you tell Droplet to go look in Google Drive for that thing. So now it's not, "Oh, I need to back my instance up." Your instance is always technically living in the cloud and backed up to the cloud. So you could go anywhere, and as soon as I install Droplet oh, and man, put in that file great. path. I have my instance back. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's yeah. it might like guess you said, it's be, crazy Inception stuff. You've got to keep track of time. It's like yeah. six hours there, five minutes here. Yeah. But it's it's incredible, and it works. I mean, right. it's not like this is just oh, this is what we're trying to do. They're, right. they're actually oh yeah, it's yeah. it's legit. It, yeah. And once it r- arrives on Chromebooks in the next little bit, I mean, again, we're talking about gaps being filled, right? So right. Adobe's closing that gap over there right. uh, now. Droplets kind of closing this gap, and, and it's so fitting as. Um, you know, as the whole campfire thing is going away, that these options are showing up. You know, right. it's it seems the timing seems right, and and who knows what happens behind the scenes? Who knows that right. Google is trying to see if they could get something like this working? Because uh, my said, thought, these other people are doing it. Let's right. just let them. Run my with my it. thought yeah. always was campfire was going to be around as a means to create either a runtime that could could spin up in Chrome OS or something similar to what Linux does, similar to what Android does, that they would just need the bits and pieces to put the runtime into, into Chrome OS and virtualize and run Windows apps in containers. Right, and now you've but got other companies doing exactly. that. Because so, as a dual boot option, if it's like, I need, I need Windows on my device because of this thing. Well, now to get to that thing, I have to power off. I have to dual boot to right. it. Is anybody who uses dual boot Linux or Gallium or whatever... It's useful if you have to have it, but it's not simple. No, it's it's, it's, not, it's a very clunky yes. uh, workaround. Fix, yeah, yeah, for yeah, for a situation like that, it's almost it's almost to the point so clunky that it's like you know, if you need, want a Chromebook for the eighty percent of stuff you do or ninety percent of stuff you do, go get a cheap Windows device that can you can, that you can switch other, over yeah. to that stuff when you have to or so, I don't know. It, it seem that seems almost as easy as dual booting because it it feels that way because right. you're going to have to shut down a whole. We, there's a kick around Windows laptop at our office that the only thing it gets used for is editing PDFs. Oh, right, Lord. only purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not fun to do that on. No, it's not. I hate that we just said that on our podcast. I'm sorry, <laughs> we didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's but just a route. I, I think I think what Droplet's going to do here and in, uh, in their arrival and, and kind of closing this gap is just going to be another important step. Uh, for Chromebooks. I hope yeah. that they have the means uh, to get the word out. I hope that you know other news outlets pick this up and that people become aware of it so that, again, it's it's one less hurdle. Yep. That, that hurdle we hear all the time, I can't switch to a Chromebook because... I need this one app This one run. little app, and it's usually some kind of cruddy yeah, my, app. It usually well, isn't like some sort of like 
oh, this amazing application that it has to do all these things. Yeah. yeah like it's something simple that they yeah. need for work. And now yep. it's like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Just throw this container in, drop it in there and go. Yeah. Right. And it all fits with what, what Google announced at IO. They're not trying to take over the entire ecosystem. They're just trying to make everything work together. The Google cloud platform is now open to everything. Azure, right. AWS, it all works together. You can, everything can be migrated both directions and they're just trying to bridge the little gaps that are left. Because what yeah. were we saying last week? Nobody cares about right. the OS. They yeah. don't. Yeah. They just want their app my to, stuff work. to work. Just give so, me the app, make it work. And give I me my don't stuff. care what's what it's sitting on. <laughs> right. Who cares? Nobody cares. Right. They want their applications to work. Right. And so if Chrome OS can now, through Droplet, effectively right. get those Windows applications yeah. you need. Cr- yeah, Chrome OS is just providing the infrastructure. Jeez. And then yeah. somebody like Droplet can come along and do this. Same yep. thing. I mean, you know. Yeah, just bridging gaps. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So, all right. So, <laughs> moving on here, guys. Let's let's talk about a couple new features. Um, we've got some updates updates to picture in picture, rich media notifications, and virtual desks just continue to to keep rapidly evolving here. There, th- those are going to be coming very soon. Yeah, with the picture in picture, they're just polishing the UI on it. I mean, it's been works for a while now, and it's it's just becoming a native part of Chrome OS now. And it's just they're just polishing well, Chrome in general. Chrome like in general, yeah. Edge. Yeah, um, so I guess which, Chromium. Yeah, because Edge is Chrome now. <laughs> but yeah, it, they're just putting the finishing touches on it, making it look more like a media player where the buttons are where they're supposed to be and everything's is I'm sure polishing it. They're it's going to take it, on yeah. a material mm-hmm. design look and all that. And then uh, the uh, rich notifications, It's that's just what you're used to on your phone. And I had published an article the other day that it's in the Canary channel, and someone pointed out it's actually behind a flag in the developer channel uh, if you happen to be in the dev channel. It's called media sessions, I think. And all it does is give you a notification in the system tray when you're streaming, when you're listening to uh, audio or watching a video, just like you would have on your phone. It's got right. a play, pause, track button, uh, album art if it's available. If you go to a website, if you go to our website and watch a video that's embedded there, it's going to give you that same mm-hmm. thing. So it just, look, it just, it looks, just looks better. It looks it's it, it's handy, you know, having those controls there. It's, it's yeah. just making the system look better, that's all. Yep. Yeah. It's one of those perfect examples of, you know, Chrome OS and Android. And I was listening to the Vergecast uh, just a couple of days ago, and they they got to spend the entire podcast with Hiroshi Lockheimer. So last week we talked a bit about his fireside chat. Right. Well, he even talked, expanded more on some of the same stuff uh, with, with the guys at the Verge. And that's one of the things he was talking about. Like, they got into Fuchsia, and he once again reiterated that's like – phone OS is like, that's not what we're after here. We're trying to push state of the art and operating systems. But he he reiterated the point that Chrome OS borrows from Android and Android borrows from Chrome OS. Like they they take these ideas, the two teams kind of go, Oh, that's a cool idea. Right. How can we we do do that? that. Yeah. Yeah, Cause this isn't an Android thing. This isn't if if you like, I don't keep Android enabled on my device. I just don't, I don't use it unless I need to test something. This is going to be a native feature for Chrome OS. It's not like, Oh, and if I want that, I have to turn on Android. It's just there. This is is a thing they've pulled from Android. That's been on Android for a while. No different than Android now has uh, things that back up. You know, like the the OS backs up in the background, or not backs up, but updates in the background, installs in the background. Right. When you're ready, you just reboot. That, yeah. that's, that's completely taken. That idea, the, the process for it's all taken from Chrome OS. Uh, the way that they're talking about separating the OS, they talked about it at I.O. Mm-hmm, to where mm-hmm. they can update that stuff over the air, right. like real time. Like those ideas and those infrastructure pieces, those are things that get pulled from Chrome OS. You right. know? And so um, they borrow from each other. And he made very clear, like... It, 
they're not coming together because I think it's either Dieter or Neelay. I can't remember which one said. Fuchsia, you know, yeah. as 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 Chrome OS and Android continue coming together, and he was quick to be like, no, that that's not what we're doing either. Like, Fuchsia's not going to replace them. Oh, and they're not going to merge. Like everybody got obsessed with that for a while. Yeah. And that 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 got bled onto Fuchsia at some point. But before Fuchsia was a thing, it was like, oh, they're going to merge. Yeah, them. Andromeda it, was going to be the yeah. meld. And yeah, like, all they're going to put them together. And it's, it's about huge. harmony. It's not about right. they, they one serve, operating system. They serve two very different use cases. <laughs> and Google seems quite okay exactly where they are with this. And if you think about it, like quietly android apps have gotten so much better on yeah. chromebooks uh-huh. yeah. i mean we need developers to step up and make better experiences on larger screens uh, and we need them to make sure that they've enabled x86 support you know as they develop and think about ui on a larger space but as far as like being able to launch an android app on a chromebook oh, like, it's just it's gotten so much mm-hmm. just smoother like yeah whole, and as, as tablets become more prevalent it will it will become more prevalent yeah. also if i if i get the next nice Chrome OS tablet that comes out, I'll probably turn Android apps on because I'm going to want to use them on that device. Right. Yeah. And it's just it's just cool to see the two not moving together, but uh, just borrowing yeah. one from another. These yeah. nice at things that are on Android. Yeah. yeah. I hope Chrome just OS takes those things. To dance. It's just because yeah, the, the, the people that have developed Android have been at it for a long time. Right. So they've got some great ideas yeah. and they make great stuff. And yeah. I love my Android phone. So. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to see some of those features on Chromebooks? Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, one other thing, just quickly, is virtual desk, a thing that I love on my Mac and something oh, you've yeah. talked about for I a while. Wait. That you, Gosh, that you I can't want. wait. I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, virtual desk. Uh, <laughs> but m- more videos keep showing yeah, up. Another one, another is, one showed up, and this one was, uh, the, you know, they pop it up, and they have the virtual desks, and they actually drag the windows from the desktop up into the little virtual desks and place them in space mm. in those virtual desks and then slip flip over to it and show that they the window is in fact there and pull one down and so i we're get they're 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 tuning the finer elements now right. like the basis of the whole thing is there so um hopefully we'll see it they were targeting it for 76 hopefully it makes it by then um, yeah i think they've got the functionality almost there so ne- the next step will just be making it look pretty so yeah so my hope is it shows up and uh dev soon so soon, whenever yeah. dev finally makes it over to 76 um, it's still not there, I don't think. And so whenever that happens, it'd be cool if that came along with it. Mm-hmm. So we can at least start testing it. All right. Right. Uh, Cause we, we want to play too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks awesome. Let, yes. let, let us try it. Please. Yeah. I don't care if it's broken. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to mess with it. <laughs> yeah. So a cu- couple other quick things here before we wrap up. Um, Gabe, one thing that you covered, uh, well, we just put out the video this week. Uh, so if you go over on our YouTube channel and check it out, um, we had a new Brand new device. World's first device. Yeah, world's, Ooh, world's first. first. Kind of, but not. It's the <laughs> so world's first Google Assistant smart display that's branded as a clock. There you go. That's, uh, that's, that's, yeah. the easy, that's, that's a simple short. Yeah, that's how so it's, it's that's the Lenovo how it's smart the clock. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw it back at CES in January. Uh, we, we got our hands on one this week. Uh, it's up for pre-order. It's supposed to start shipping next week sometime. It's just a four-inch smart display. That, that It's, it's kind of like a a different take on a smart display it doesn't really do anything different it's just it's a clock first and it's um i don't know it's it's interesting we we, I, we just got it we're gonna be doing some hands-on right well we'll be bringing you a review later uh, i'm just i'm really intrigued by this device because it 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 doesn't offer anything that a home hub doesn't and yet 
it seems to because of its size. It's four inches, and it's what you would it expect looks great. something yeah, looks great. at your bedside to look like, and it is really sharp, like I said. So, yeah. so yeah, check uh, look for that. It'll be, be, be a few days. We're going to have some hands-on with that, and then we'll be bringing you a, a full review later. So Yeah, yeah world's first. You saw it on Chrome Unboxed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, that thing's cool. A uh, couple other quick things here. Um, we're finally starting to see some AMD Chromebooks, and one of which is, is a Lenovo, the Lenovo 14E. Yeah, the 14E. Yeah. So we, we had the, the two first, the first evers, obviously, were the Acer and HP that were announced uh, back at CES also. Uh, but then Lenovo followed up a month or two later with uh, – education or enterprise focus one it's a 14 inch so it's a little bit different it's the same processor it's a amd a 49120 but it has a 14 inch full hd display so the first two hp and acer that came out they were clearly kind of you know they were in that budget education device range you yeah know? definitely they're cheap we haven't done a full review yet but it's coming but they feel cheap Mm-hmm. Uh, they and the Lenovo is not going to outperform either of these devices. It's the same processor, but the Lenovo just looks looks nicer, and you've got a full HD display. So this is probably going to be if the kids have the Acer and the HP, the teacher's probably going to have the Lenovo. It's bigger, it's got a nicer display, you know. Uh, so we'll be getting one of those in soon, so we can check it out. But anxious to see how the AMD processors perform because if they if they fall in that adam gemini lake or even the lower pentium range they're cheaper so they they will they will it will be appealing to consumers because you can get the same same performance out of a device that costs 50 or 100 dollars less some of these rugged education models cost upwards of 450 to 500 dollars for a thing that's i can go buy an hp x360 for that kind of money if i can get a a a knockaround chromebook that performs as well as these Intel devices, and it's only two hundred fifty bucks, three hundred bucks. That's a no brainer. Well, My I'm, kids are going to beat it up anyway. I'm excited <laughs> to get our hands on it and really try it too, because we were the ones we were looking at in Vegas. Obviously, were very early, um, and they're still working on some stuff. There's there's been so much development work done in the repositories oh, yeah. for AMD, and so I mean we're you know we're five months removed now from that. It's crazy to think that it's already been five months in CES, but. It's been five months since we put hands on those devices, so it, who knows? They could they could perform a lot quicker right, because than bu- what they were. Budget processor or not, those APUs still have the Ryzen the GPUs right. in them. They should graphics wise and in that in that arena, they should perform better. Yeah, than Yeah, so Intel, if we're right? doing if we're doing like JavaScript performance stuff, like Octane Score and stuff. I mean, those are just running straight you know, like processor. Right. You know how quick a processor could do something. It doesn't really take into account how it renders things on right, the page. You, but you so. do a 3D graphics text on it, I bet it smokes. Oh, likely, uh, yeah. Like, likely. So yeah. we'll, we'll definitely try that stuff And then hopefully before the end of the year, that. we'll see these these newer, these Picasso AMDs, because as Linux apps become stable on Chrome OS, that's going to be a big deal. Yep. That's uh, a big and, deal. Yeah, I don't want to go into another tangent, but the, uh, with, with all the zombie dust whatever zombie <laughs> zombie lord zombie lords zombie load zombie load attacks yeah. um it's uh, the news has come out now that i think uh amd is saying they're AMD immune. saying they're, they're immune to it yeah. and so intel's having to take like a 5x decrease in performance yeah. versus amd mm-hmm. on these so 
I, I'm excited for us to get higher end AMD chips in just so that we don't have to be like, oh, there's another vulnerability. So they're going to have to crank down whatever it is to, to mitigate that thing. And so every time that happens, I mean, Intel's performance just drops a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, they were saying on, on Max, it was like 40%. I mean, it's, it's huge, huge because all the video editors is gone. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be nice to have AMDs around so that we can just be like, eh, so yeah, exactly. Don't care. Yeah. Intel, yeah. we're not mad at you. Yeah. Just That's right. fix it. Right. Yeah. Right. What a mess. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, folks. Well, I think we have, uh, we have, we have talked enough here. We keep saying we're going to do a shorter one. We yeah, keep we saying thought, we're going to do next, a shorter next podcast. Week. We no joke. Next we, week. we went into next this week. one thinking like, are we going to have enough to talk about? Apparently yeah, we like maybe, to talk. Maybe this one will just take like 30 minutes and, uh, yeah. We should just stop writing longer. and just talk all the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it seems easier. It does. So, folks, ho- hopefully you all enjoyed. Um, come back Come back next week. We're trying to do this every week. So, um, yeah, if you liked it, let us know. You can, you know, let us know in the comments on uh, the website or... Yeah, send um, us a message yeah. through Anchor. Yeah, yeah Social right. media. That's all right. Those, all those places. Just, We're can, at Chrome Unbox pretty much everywhere. Yeah, so. just message us. You can find us. So, uh, hope you all enjoyed. And until next time, we'll see you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.